Chapter Four of New Adventures of Alice by John Ray. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Chapter Four. Fire. All was confusion and excitement. Some of the Mother Goose people were running in one direction and some in another. Most of the crowd were trying to squeeze through the town gate and seemed to be hopelessly stuck in the narrow opening while alice stood wondering in which direction the fire really lay she noticed nearby a little man in green pointing excitedly with a long flute looking in the direction in which he was pointing she saw through an opening between the bakery and the barber shop a thin column of smoke which seemed to come from behind a barn in a field about half a mile away that must be it thought alice for where there's smoke there must be fa just then somebody collided with her so violently that she was almost knocked off her feet i beg your pardon miss but really you know miss you should be more careful how you stands about starin'. that was as you might say a close shave i might a cut your hair off it was the barber he held a large nicked razor and a mug of lather in one hand and an unfinished wig in the other he was very much confused and flustered by the collision and began to mutter i'll never get it done i'll never get it done that i won't something always interrupts he seemed so unhappy that Alice, wishing to divert his mind, bethought herself of the pie and politely offered him a bite. "'Thank you, miss,' said the barber, brightening. "'A pinch or two, a pinch or two. It's just what I needs.' Puzzled by his words, Alice looked down at the pie and saw to her surprise that it was a pie no longer, but a very large round snuff-box, the cover of which still slightly resembled a pie-crust, being made of yellow ivory inlaid with flying blackbirds. The edge was scalloped you're very kind miss i'm sure you're very kind indeed though i'm bound to say he added as how ladies doesn't usually carry look cried alice who are they two quaint figures a boy and a girl were coming down the street in long leaps it seemed to be a sort of race and the strange girl who had just cleared the maypole in a tremendous jump was slightly in the lead it'll be jumpy joan and jack benimble of course miss they always gets to fires first muttered the barber complainingly and then struck by a bright idea he shouted at the fast approaching figures give us a lift give us a lift and turning to alice itch on an old tat the next moment alice found herself clinging to jack b nimble's hand and leaping with him over the candlestick maker's shop just like big grasshoppers she said to herself soon they could see the fire distinctly it's the king's haystack just as i thought said jack excitedly and we ought to be the first ones there i hope that big barn near the stack doesn't catch fire for all the king's horses are in there maybe boy blue has been playing with matches ventured alice that looks like the picture of the haystock he always takes his nap in listen there's the new fire alarm cried jack bounding along in his excitement faster than ever so that they really seem not to touch the ground at all it's the cat you know he's paid by the town according to the amount of noise he makes and he added with a happy sigh ah he can make a delicious amount when he really tries he plays a fiddle and a pair of bagpipes at the same time oh there he comes now after the barn cried alice as the caterwauling din rose louder and more piercing and look at the fire now do you think it was all our fault too interrupted a familiar voice at her elbow in a hoarse stage whisper she turned to see the snipe who was flying along by her side he seemed very much agitated and there was an air of mystery about him that is to say he continued it's really the baker's fault you know for if he hadn't let those buns escape and fly away 
we never would have dropped that dratted pipe here the snipe hesitated a moment looked this way and that and then getting very close to alice's ear whispered louder than before it must have been that pipe that set fire to the king's haystack if the prime minister finds it out we'll go to the dungeons of course i don't quite see why he says we shouldn't have dropped the pipe and we'll go to the dungeon thought alice i had nothing to do with it i'm sure she had begun to feel very impolite not to have introduced jack be nimble to the snipe then too it seemed extremely rude for the snipe to continue whispering to her and ignoring her companion have you met my friend she began but when she turned it was quite a different person from her leaping partner of a few moments before who hand she now held he was a strange little spindle-like man rather shabby with very long hair large wistful eyes and a friendly smile i'm the poet jack was only a disguise have to do it or they'd get me i surmise said he pointing back at the crowd they had left far behind alice the snipe and the poet were now walking hurriedly across a broad stubbly field toward the burning haystack as they approached a cloud of ladybugs passed over them coming from the direction of the fire poor things said the snipe remorsefully to himself they probably lived in that haycock let's watch the blaze a while from here until the townsfolk get too near suggested the poet smiling at alice and added then we must skip you know my dear all three of us have cause to fear alice now noticed that the first time the man wore a little black brass chain about his neck with a metal tag numbered three 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 she wondered what it could possibly be but was of course far too polite to ask on such short acquaintance my poet's license as you see my number is three thirty three the poet remarked pleasantly noting her curiosity a thing i'm very proud of too becoming quite i think don't you all this time the smoke from the hay was growing blacker and thicker and the din of the fire-alarm bagpipes was getting louder and wilder and the scraping of the cat's fiddle more shrill and piercing now from the big barn near by came sounds of trampling feet and ungrammatical shouts of that's him that's him there he is and what seemed to alice like hundreds of archers each with a big gold crown embroidered on his left sleeve rushed pell-mell out of the big barn door we're lost alack a day friends we must flee all the king's men i know they're after me exclaimed the poet it's me they're after neighbour if you must know said the snipe a little jealously i dropped the pipe that caused this fire in the king's hay alice was a little frightened it must be confessed and very impatient at the poet and the snipe for waiting to talk when it did seem as though they should all have been running for their lives the archers had drawn up in a line in front of the barn and the one who seemed to be their captain stepped forward and gave the commands ready aim the poet turned to alice excitedly and whispered very rapidly i have a plan we'll wait until they shoot each grab a shaft and out of danger scoot then fire yelled the captain of the king's men and the air was full of flying arrows all aboard don't be slow hold on tight home we go shouted the poet Whirr! an arrow whizzed by close to alice's head and following the suggestion of the poet she grasped it as it flew past and scrambled aboard <laughs> an arrow escape she heard the snipe chuckle the goose feather tip made a very comfortable springy seat and she could hold firmly to the shaft near the head the arrow was going at a frightful speed and the wind whistled behind alice's ears in fact it whistled a real tune london bridge and very prettily too i wonder if bluebells of scotland comes next as it does on my music box she had just turned to see if the poet and the snipe were anywhere near her when suddenly everything grew black as night and she realized that they had dived into the thick cloud of smoke from the fire alice clutched the arrow tighter for she said to herself it would be very nasty to fall into the fire with this clean pinafore on 
somehow the shaft of the arrow had grown softer and feathery and when alice looked down she saw that it was now a fat gray goose she rode the goose seemed to have lost her way in the dense smoke and was flying hither and thither in an aimless fashion the smoky darkness was full of sparks or are they stars she wondered and isn't that the light from a little window way off there the goose seemed to have seen the lighted window too for she stopped darting about and flew very rapidly in that direction murmuring half under her breath that's the house i'm sure i smell the cakes a burnin as they came nearer alice saw that the light came from a tiny little thatched cottage built high in the air on four tremendously long poles why it's all upstairs she exclaimed to prove that i'm erratic i built my house all attic said a voice near at hand and there was the poet flying along beside her on a goose exactly like hers End of chapter 4